and Oladipo wants it again. Approaching two minutes to play. With the left hand and authority. He will give it to Donald Brown. Donald fights his way. Now balls loose. Luck picks it up. And Luck scores. Andrew picked up the fumble and scores. Oladipo to win it. Another one. He got Another it. Another one. Oladipo. Another one. Victor Oladipo has given the Pacers a one-point lead. Welcome back to another episode of the Circle City Sports Podcast. I am your host, of course, Sam Sinclair, and with, with me is Jake. Uh, today we're going to go into the Colts' initial 53-man roster and go into uh, who they've signed so far on the practice squad. And just a quick disclaimer on the episode, um, we're recording this around 2.30 p.m., so the Colts just announced their practice squad, and of course they just signed a couple guys off the waiver. So uh, if they do any other moves during the po- during the recording of this podcast, I'll I'll interrupt Jake or I'll stop mid-sentence and um, announce the news. But as of right now, this podcast is being recorded at around 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. So the moves that have been made reflect the roster as is. So at, we'll get into it. The two waiver claims the Colts have made so far on Sunday. Uh, they picked up Ryan Lewis, a 25-year-old DB out of Pittsburgh. Went on drafted in 2017. Uh, August 2018, he was cut and signed to the Bills practice squad. Uh, he was on the act, active roster for most of the year. Uh, played last, he played uh, seven games last year and started three of them. Had 15 tackles, three passes, defense, two forced fumbles. Uh, he's six foot, 185 pound corner. Uh, so that's one of their waiver claims. And then the other one they made, um, 24, 24 year old. At, they list him as an athlete, but he played quarterback at UCF and was a running back last year for the Cincinnati Bengals on the practice squad. Uh, Quentin Flowers, who was actually a teammate of Marlon Mack at the time when they were in college together. Um, as mentioned, he played quarterback with with Marlon Mack at UCF, uh, was the running back for the Bengals last year on the practice squad. Went on draft in 2018 and spent all of last year on the Bengals practice squad. Did not make a single in-game appearance last year. So those are the two waiver claims. Of course, the Colts announced their uh, practice squad. Six six guys signed to the practice squad so far. Uh, Sky Moore, Jake Eldrin Camp, Philip Walker, Ashton Doolin, Jalen Collins, and Jackson Barton. So those are just the um, breaking news roster side for Indianapolis Colts. And, um, of course, with the signing of Ryan Lewis, they uh, had to part ways with uh, special teams guard Chris Milton, so that will be very impactful on the defense. So um, we'll get we'll get going on our going to uh, into the show. So Jake, tell me what was the first thing that stood out to you when you saw the fifty three man roster announced uh, yesterday afternoon? Uh, the first thing there wasn't really too many surprises compared to last year. There was no John Simon type shock for us. Um, one guy I was happy for was Hale Hentges. That was on one of the first things I was looking at. Honestly, I was interested to see if he was going to make the roster and he did keeping that 21, I believe year streak alive for us, yep. putting an undrafted free agent on the roster. So that was one of the things, um, notice they didn't keep as many offensive linemen as Chris Ballard usually talks about. So that is something I think we're going to be looking at within the following days and weeks to see them try to fill out. He's mentioned the number 10 right now. They have eight. 
we only kept eight offensive linemen. So I think he's going to want to add a couple more, replace some guys because we've talked about the struggles there. Kept six wide receivers, which was one more than I honestly thought. But honestly, there wasn't too many crazy things at the bottom of this roster that threw me off. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think the eight offensive line was a bit of a shock to a lot of Colts fans just because, like you said, Bauer loves the offensive linemen. Colts kept 10 last year on their 53-man roster. Um, of course, we got to think Bauer's probably going to end up signing one or two to the active roster. Of course, they put Barton, um, they put Barton and Elgin Camp on the practice squad, so at least they have some, you know, insurance policies in case you know one of starters go out. Um, I think, of course, the six receivers. I think this last year they kept five. I thought they were going to keep five this year, but we're really deep at receiver this year. So I think keeping six is actually a good idea. Our sixth wide receiver on the list, Zach. Uh, Zach Pascal, he's going to be mostly a kick returner. And, of course, Chester Rogers, uh, he'll be near the bottom of the depth chart. He's going to be the punt returner. So I wasn't it – was, it was something that stood out to me. It wasn't a big surprise. The biggest – one of the bigger surprises to me was the six corners we kept. And um, I thought we were only going to keep five this year. And I think Marvel Tell making the roster wasn't – it wasn't too big of a surprise to me after watching his final two preseason games. But – you know, to start the off season, I thought it was going to be a bit surprising to see Marvel Tell make the 53-man roster, but it's good for him. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of us only keeping eight offensive linemen, we talked about in the last episode, they could have cut all of these backup offensive linemen. I don't think anybody would have been upset. They were absolutely terrible. The only guy that was of note was Evan Bame, and we traded him away for a six-round pick. So I'm really interested to see how those how the offensive line backups shake out throughout the rest of the offseason and moving into the season because that's going to be one area that we do have to address to make sure we shore that up because we have some guys on this line that have dealt with injuries recently so that is something that's going to have to be shored up and in terms of us keeping six corners I mean there's a lot of sub packages going on in the league now so it's not too too surprising for me at least that we're keeping more and more secondary guys on this roster yeah, and they even kept five safeties, which they kept five last year, but that's 11 defensive backs you're keeping on your roster. That's a that's a big portion. I know they, they kept 10 defensive linemen total, so just that I think I, th- I think that was a lot of people to keep in the secondary at least because it wasn't, it wasn't a position with a lot of injuries last year especially. Yeah, it wasn't. So we'll move on to surprise cuts. Who were, who were a couple of guys you are surprised that got cut and did, or didn't make the 53-man roster? I mean, not too many guys that I was surprised that didn't make the roster. I would have liked to seen Krishan Hogan and Matthias Farley make it. There were a couple guys, Zach Pascal and uh, Roland Milligan, that made the roster. And Pascal over Hogan is kind of nitpicking, or yeah, over Hogan was kind of nitpicking for me. But I really liked Hogan's hands. I liked his size. I feel like he brought a little more upside to that position than Pascal. And like you said, he's going to be kick returning, but we also have Rodgers for that. And then Roland Milligan over Matthias Farley was, was a surprise for me. Not really sure. I think they're just kind of going youth and upside at this point, but um, with guys like Malik Hooker and uh, with guys like Malik Hooker and Clayton Gathers having injuries over the last couple of seasons, I think it would have been nice to have a veteran in Farley over there. And then obviously Carly, Carly Willis is a rookie. So that's going to be interesting to see how Roland Milligan fills out his role here. And then uh, accompanied with Marvell tell, who's going to kind of be a hybrid corner safety for us. Yeah. After we traded Farley, I thought that gave the open door to the Milligan to making the roster, which 
I didn't have a big problem with it. I really wish we'd have kept Farley because he's not only he's going to be a good veteran backup, but he's a very good locker room guy and he's a very good special teamer. But two guys I have, um, I had Charkamjic West, even though he was only here for two weeks. I thought in the two weeks he played, he played really, really well. He was a really good run blocker in the passing game. He caught the ball real well. He scored a touchdown against the uh, against the Bears week three, and he ran the ball fairly well against a not that great offensive line like we've mentioned. Um, I thought he would have been a very, very good veteran backup or a guy you know that could have came in if Marlon Mack needed a breather or you know Jordan Wilkins and Jonathan Williams aren't going to be back anytime soon. Uh, I think Krishan Hogan. I think he's probably going to be the biggest surprise cut from Colts fans just because we know the story behind him. But if you ask anybody in the big media, like, hey, was Krishan Hogan a was was he a surprise cut? Everyone's going to be like, who is this guy? But I think Krishan Hogan. It's going to be interesting to see because we've already known six of the practice squad guys, and one is um receiver Ashton Doolin. Let's see if they bring in Hogan as the seventh receiver on the practice squad. Uh, I think they should really do that because Hogan's proven himself over the first last year. He got hurt, but he was even he was playing well last year, and then this year he's he played really really well all preseason. And I think Chris Milton getting cut recently. I think that's a big surprise because I think he's by far our best gunner. Yeah, he wasn't in my nose, but I'm shocked. We had talked about him also. He he's one of the best gunners in the league. I mean, his speed, his athleticism to get down and make those tackles is absolutely huge for us. So hopefully, like you said, we either bring him back on the practice squad or make some moves to get him back. Or like you had mentioned before the show, this might open up an opportunity for Marvell Tell, who did the same thing in preseason and flashed a little bit there. Sharkandrick West, too. I I was a little bit surprised with him, but that must mean good injury outlooks for guys like Jordan Wilkins and Jonathan Williams. Um, If if they're cutting him, then obviously those guys are closer to returning, which surprises me for Wilkins because this is an ankle injury that's nagged on him since training camp. Yeah, that's a good point. So we'll we'll move on to a, who are some players that you thought should have been on the 53-man roster that were cut over a, a guy uh, that actually made the roster. I know you mentioned one earlier, but I'll go ahead and talk, say mine. I think Nate Hairston honestly should have made the 53-man roster. Of course, he was traded. I think he should have made the 53-man roster over Marvel Tell. And I'm just stating that because I think Marvel Tell – Needed one. I think he needs one more year. I think he needs to stay on the practice squad one year because, of course, he's making that transition from safety to corner. Uh, he's looked really good in preseason, but I just think I would much rather have that veteran cornerback as our fifth corner than a rookie guy that's making his first appearance as a corner. Yeah, looking at talking about, I think that this roster in particular, talking about with guys like Matthias Farley getting cut in favor of Roland Milligan, Nate Harrison getting cut in favor of Marvell Tell. I think this coaching staff in the front office is just at this point looking for youth and athleticism over veteran experience, which, you know, can be a good thing, but it also can come back to bite you in situations. If if we have an injury and a guy like Tell is thrust into a big role, he may or may not be ready for that. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. Just so we'll move on to the next any players from the cut list that you think will land on an NFL roster? We haven't had any guys, any of our any of our uh, guys that got released, we haven't had any of them get signed to anybody yet. So do you think anybody will get signed to a roster or practice squad? Yeah, I think kicking off with Sharkandrick, or, uh, yeah, Sharkandrick West, I think he was a guy that, that flashed for us, and I agree with you. I think he's 
He's really talented. He brings a lot in terms of running and catching the ball. So I think he'll catch somewhere. Ross Travis is extremely athletic. I think it was just a numbers crunch for us instead of his performance. He's a really athletic, big tight end. We just have a lot of athletes right now in our tight end room and in our receiving core. So I think keeping Henches made sense over him. But I think Travis catches somewhere. Carol Phillips flashed enough in preseason, I think, to get an opportunity somewhere with teams needing pass rushers. Um, And then also Marcus Johnson is a guy that made some plays for us last year that I think a team that needs a wide receiver can bring him in and give him a look. Yeah, well, actually, during or before this before this show, actually, Gary Green was one of those guys that got cut from the Colts that ended up signing, of course, with the enemy, a big enemy in the New England Patriots. So I thought Carroll Phillips would have been definitely would have been signed to someone just I honestly thought he might have made the 53 man roster. Or end up getting on the practice squad just because of how well he did pass rushing wise during the preseason. Um, I think he could end up on a roster somewhere. I think Ross Travis, like you said, the numbers crunch. I always thought after watching Hell Hinches that they were going to keep Hell Hinches because of his blocking ability. And that's what they want out of their fourth tight end. They did it last year with um, Ryan Hewitt being that H back sort of. So I thought Ross Travis would be the guy that gets cut in that tight end group. So I think Ross Travis could end up being on a practice squad or active roster uh, very soon. So we'll move on to uh, really a topic we didn't think we were, we were going to have to talk about really um, looking through the uh, free, the quarterback free agency group. What's the quarterback you think the Colts should pick up before week one? Well, it's starting to leak on social media a little bit already. Brian Hoyer, I think, should be their number one target since he was been since he's been cut by New England. Brings in a veteran presence, just a steady guy. Um, can really hold down the fort till Chad Kelly gets back, and that's obviously the goal for the Colts to try to bridge these two weeks until Kelly comes back. Some other guys that you look at, uh, Taylor Heineke from Carolina. He showed some things in the preseason. He's a he's a younger guy, um, which is why I think that we should really look at a veteran like Brian Hoyer. They can come in right away, get some good reps under us. And if something happens to Jacoby where he has to spot him for a couple series or a quarter, he can come in and, and be more stable. Kevin Hogan is another guy that I found notable, a uh, young Stanford quarterback. So those are a couple guys that I was looking at that would be interesting pickup options for us. I have one that no one has really mentioned. Snake Sudfield, the guy, the kid from Indiana. Uh, he's He was in a loaded quarterback group in Philly. And I think, with him, he was a backup quarterback last year. He was under, he was with the Eagles last year under Frank Reich, so it'll be a quick, seamless transition. So we wouldn't have to bring in a veteran. So Subfield is already know he already knows most of the offense under Frank Reich, so it won't take a whole lot of learning when he gets in here. Because of course, the quarterback we're going to bring in is only getting a week. It's going to be like the Brissett case of 2017, where he's only getting a week to to learn the offense, but. Yeah, like we like you said, uh, Diane Rosini of ESPN reported that the Colts are heavily interested in Brian Hoyer. That's my number one choice. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser was one of those guys I was kind of interested in, uh, but then he got signed to the Raiders, and now the Raiders have four quarterbacks. So we might have to watch the Raiders. They don't have the greatest backup quarterbacks, but they can end up cutting a guy like Nate Peterman, who I don't want, or Mike Glenn, and someone that could be serviceable for two weeks. Like like you said. This signing's only for two weeks, and then obviously we're going to bring Chad Kelly to the active roster week three. Or we, if we would have not done that, then we probably wouldn't have put Phil Walker on the practice squad. So I think that's how the quarterback group's going to end up being is 
it's going to be Brissett and Chad Kelly and then Philip Walker on the practice squad. Yeah, I find it interesting you talk about Sudfield being in Frank Reich's system. I mean, that that's the goal, I think, for us is just to bring in whoever can quickest adapt to our playbook and go in and give us reps if need be. Yeah, and I think Brian Horry could do that. There's just not a lot of good veteran backup quarterbacks. I know I saw one that was like Brock Osweiler and Mark Sanchez, and I'm just like, wow, that's a bad group. Yeah, that that's brutal. That's why I think Hoyer is right now the best. He, he's I don't even think uh, – when was the last time Mark Sanchez played? I don't think he's even played in like a year or two. Yeah, he hasn't played in at least two years, so – but yeah, that quarterback group in free agency I looked at was just really bad, and I'm just praying Brissett doesn't get hurt in, for the first two games. Yeah, the offensive line is going to be huge the first two weeks, keeping him healthy. Of course. So we'll move on to the next topic. Who is someone from the waivers or free agency that you guys want you you want the Colts to pick up? I mainly just went with a couple guys that are high upside, younger guys because I I really like the depth of this roster. I mean, this is different in years past where we're trying to scrounge together and round things out except for the offensive line. But I didn't really expect too many quality offensive linemen to hit the waiver wire, which they didn't. So I just went with a couple of younger guys with upside that kind of have some issues. Uh, Tease Tabor from Detroit, uh, second round pick in Quincy Wilson's class. They were both teammates together. He was just released by Detroit. Ja'Kai Polite, obviously he's, a real red flag guy, but you know, I mean, Chris Ballard's brought in guys before and with his pass rush prowess, I mean, he's extremely talented. Um, obviously he's been claimed since I had wrote this, but he was a guy that I had had. Um, and then Josh, Josh Adams, the Colts are still looking for that kind of power back, a guy that can give them some um, explosion as well and, and power on short downs. And Josh Adams was released by the Eagles. So that's another guy that I look at that we could potentially give a look at. Yeah. My guy, actually, I I did find an offensive lineman that could probably come in and be very, you know, very helpful for us. And that's Steve Winsnitsky from the Philadelphia Eagles. So he would also know the, the Frank Reich offense. Uh, started 46 games for the Eagles in the past three years, and before that was a full-time start for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 77 games. So the guy's got he, – he's a veteran, of course. He's been in the league for a while. He's 30 years old. I think he's a guy that could – you know, the Colts could bring him for fairly cheap, and he'd be one hell of a backup. And of course, he plays interior offensive line, so that's going to be with uh, Josh Andrews and, and uh, Joe Wrights, or not Joe Wrights, but Joe Haig. Uh, so we're, the Colts are still in need of a tackle, a swing tackle preferably. I think that's what the Colts need to do next is get a swing tackle to replace uh, Raven Clark. So he's not the swing tackle. Of course, they only kept one on the active roster, so... I think Steve Winsnitsky is one of those guys that Colts need to look at. All right, so we will move on to the Twitter questions a, co- a couple fans sent us from Philip Nelson. He he wants to know our thoughts on the offensive line group and uh, some possibilities of guys to target to improve the depth on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, in terms of starters, I think we know pretty much what we have. We had a change in the coaching staff, which – that's going to be interesting to watch moving forward in the first few weeks. Um, but the starters are set. Um, the one thing out of the starters I want to see this year is if we can improve on the running game. That was something that was kind of feast or famine for us last year. So we have to get better running the ball consistently week in and week out, especially with Jacoby now our quarterback. Um, and then in terms of finding backups, I mean, this league is short on quality offensive linemen. I mean, we, 
you hear it talked about on TV all the time with a lot of these new gadget offenses and perimeter offenses that teams are running in college, it's becoming harder and harder to find guys and develop guys that translate to the NFL. So the Colts are just going to have to hope that Chris Ballard can pull a little bit more magic like he did with Mark Lewinsky and, and sign a guy that's let go by a team and, and bring him on and help. But in terms of us sitting here trying to target guys, that's very difficult because the, the game in college for offensive linemen versus the game in the NFL for offensive linemen is so different now that it's really just the luck of the draw. You look at a guy like Braden Smith, uh, you know, he came from a program at Auburn where they've had a lot of high profile offensive linemen that haven't panned out because of the way they play offense. And Chris Ballard actually thought he was a guard and now he's our starting right tackle. So offensive line, I think right now in terms of scouting and analyzing, I think is arguably the hardest position to pinpoint guys that'll come in and be effective. Yeah, I think Ballard's mentioned how hard it is to evaluate offensive linemen because of that spread system they run in college. And of course, I think the offensive line is the top five unit, but they have to stay healthy all year. Right? It's a contract year for Costanzo and Ryan Kelly. Those are guys need to stay healthy. And I think they will stay healthy all 16 games. Uh, they need to keep her set up right, of course. They need to get lanes from Roland Mack because this team needs to, if they want to be competitive and they want to win a lot of games, they're going to have to be a top 10 rushing offense this year. And we're not talking 150 yards one game and 50 yards the next game. We're talking 120 yards per game average or around over 100 yards per game. Just not feast or famine like you mentioned in the previous show. So they're going to have to be more consistent in the running game. Uh, of course, I, I mentioned Steve Winsniski. I think he'd be a solid backup offensive lineman. Um, it's just very, very hard. It's it's darn near impossible to find one good good quality backup offensive lineman and two good quality backup quarterbacks. And we're in that position right now where we're trying to find one. And it's just really, really hard. Of course, we have one of the best GMs in the NFL that is very, very good at evaluating guys in the trenches. So I think whoever the Colts sign, if they sign someone for a backup offensive lineman role, he's going to be – very successful here in Indianapolis as a backup, maybe even as a starter at some points, depending on injuries. Yeah, and even looking at Chris Ballard's track history here, pretty much every position he's hit home runs everywhere. The one position that's kind of spotty is offensive line, and I think that just goes to show how difficult it is to acquire high-quality guys. We've heard him talk about guys like Josh Andrews, and they drafted Zach Banner in his first round. So the fans are going to have to be a little bit patient with this in terms of trying to mold that backup offensive line group. So we'll move on to the next question from Nick Malilo. He asks, who do you guys think uh, gets brought in at quarterback? And we've kind of mentioned this before. I I think it's almost the writing on the wall is it's Brian Hoyer now at this point. Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. I think it's the easiest choice. I think that, again, just a veteran guy that can come in, give you some quality snaps, learn the playbook quick, and just bridge the gap till week three when Chad Kelly comes back. So move on to the last question. Uh, Sean McDermott asks, who do you, get, who do you think gets cut to make, uh, to make room on the roster for the backup quarterback that will sign? Uh, that, that's a good question. I think we had talked about them keeping six wide receivers. It may be one of the receivers heavy at cornerback. Um, it might, it might be rolling Milligan. I mean, there's, there's some guys on the bottom of this roster, but I think it would be one of the, the skill positions that gets cut. Well, the Colts even have 10 defensive linemen. I think they kept the same number last year, but maybe they end up cutting one of those guys. Uh, that's a very, very deep group. Of course, I think a guy like Jihad Ward, possibly, I know the Colts already have Marcus Hunt, Danico Autry and Grover Stewart inside. 
um, those are three guys right there in the interior. You might not need four interior guys. Of course, yeah, I think Roll, I think Roll Milligan's another one. Um, yeah, I he's think, the one guy that just stuck out to me when when I looked through the roster. He was the one guy that stuck out to me as kind of like this guy seems like he could be cut bait just in case for the for the incoming quarterback. So Jihad Ward is another one. I liked what Jihad Ward brought last year. So he's he's a guy that I wouldn't want to cut. But like you said, the the defensive line group is so deep. It's gonna you're gonna have to make tough decisions somewhere. Yeah, of course, and it's a it's a good problem to have to have to cut some good players like we're like we're doing now, and of course, uh, that's the problem with only keeping fifty three guys. Yep. So of course we want we want to thank all the listeners, of course, for tuning into this episode. Thank you to the three guys for sending in the questions. Uh, Jake, give me some final thoughts on the roster so far. Of course, it's going to change probably a million times before we get to Week One versus the Chargers, which is only just under a week away. Yeah, I mean, this 53-man roster was so fun. When we had started off with at 90 and we had first went into training camp, I was so excited to see this roster play out. And and this has been one of the funnest off-seasons I've had in terms of evaluating the roster, examining guys. I was really more engaged in the preseason this year than I have been in last year because the depth on this roster is so heavy. And nothing that we saw in the preseason really changed that. I mean, and we saw the emergence of, you know, some guys like EJ Speed. You talked about Marvell Tell getting some good reps. You know, Hale Henches, who had turned down a lot of other roster opportunities to be in this Colts tight end group and took full advantage of it. So it was just such a fun offseason for me to see this cut down process happen. And, you know, hopefully the guys that that make it can stick. But like you said, it's always a fluid situation, especially with Chris Ballard. Yeah, of course, this was probably one of the more interesting cut down days in Colts history, just because one, we were returning 21 of 22 starters from last year. Um, now 20 of 22, but that's beside the point. Uh, and then, of course, Ballard's been adding the depth more and more with the rookies. And uh, I think the number was eight. I think eight rookies make the initial 53-man roster out of 10. One of them being Gary Green. And the other one, of course, was um, – uh, crap, I'm trying to think. I think it was um, Patterson from Ole Miss, the offensive lineman that tore his ace. Patterson. It was Patterson. Uh, that guy that got uh, tore his ACL in training camp. So, you know, you get one guy injured and one guy that ends up getting cut that you were probably going to stash on your practice squad. So all 10 rookies probably would have made this made this, made this this team, whether 53 or on the practice squad. So, but of course, this team's going to keep getting deeper and deeper with the more draft picks and the more hits that Ballard gets and, you know, all the free agency signings. So it's going to get more and more exciting every year with this cutdown date. So, of course, we want to thank everyone for listening. Um We'll have another, the next episode we'll have out, we'll have our season predictions. So we're going to go through the schedule, of course, talk about a couple matchups we're looking forward to, uh, and we'll go game by game on our predictions. So, of course, hope you guys tune into that. You know, I hope you guys have a good day.